2: support for analog talk comes from the camera culture website casualphotophile.com with in-depth reviews of interesting cameras and legacy lenses film news and profiles industry retrospectives and a unique editorial perspective if you're into cameras and photography this is one of the best blogs around see more at Photophile.com.
1: hey guys welcome back to another episode of analog talk a film photography podcast i'm your host tim i'm chris and today on our show we have joe greer Hey, Hey, Joe. Joe. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Can you give our listeners, for those of you, them who don't know you, can sure. you give us a background of yourself and how you got started in photography and all that stuff?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm living in New York City, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, to be more specific, uh, with my beautiful wife, uh, Madison, and, uh, and our little pup. We just got a little pup uh, the, earlier oh. this year named, named Crosby, a little French bulldog. So it's uh, we're, we're parents now. It's great being a dad. I love that. Um, <laughs> No, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing the whole photography thing. Um, I kind of started, you know, maybe you guys have had people on the podcast that have a a similar story, maybe not. But uh, I started photography all because of Instagram. You know, I downloaded an app in 2011. Um, I was going to college. Uh, for something totally different than photography and uh instagram you know that honestly i only downloaded instagram because at that time in 2011 there was no seamless easy way to import photos onto facebook but then at that time, oh, I was okay. I was seeing people share photos with these really cool uh, filters, right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's so funny <laughs> uh, with these really cool filters. And there was those like posted via Instagram. I was like, "What the heck is Instagram?" And so like I literally like I had some like crazy like flip phone whatever. I went and I bought an iPhone four, and I downloaded Instagram and I made an account and that just so that I could post photos to Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so that was like that for like about a year up until about 2012 when I grew up in Florida. Uh, so I'm from Florida originally, um, but I was going to college out in Spokane, Washington, out in the Pacific Northwest. And it was radically different in terms of just landscape, culture, everything, than from Florida. And uh, so- Man,
1: I, I bet, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was radically
3: different. Um, so for me, a, a Florida boy seeing mountains and in snow kind of like for the first time, uh, I took chances like in between my breaks in class or when I was not working, uh, to just like go out with my buddies and, and take photos. And, and then it quickly started to like, like I was enjoying it a lot more and I didn't know why I was enjoying it. Like I was an athlete mm-hmm. growing up. Like that was my way to escape, which was running. I was at a cross country and, and track runner. And I still was running at that time when I downloaded Instagram. So that was my way to just kind of like I don't know, have some time to myself, but then photography started to like, and I had no idea what I was doing. I literally had an iPhone 4 and I was just like,
0: (laughs) I'd find people,
3: I'd find, uh, you know, photographers on Instagram that I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I'd try to go like replicate that and learn and grow. It's like, how did they do this? How did they edit this photo that way? And, And it was all done on my iPhone for like, probably like for like the first like two and a half, almost three years. I didn't even have a camera. Wow. I didn't even know if you, if you gave me a film camera, if you told me what film photography was, I would, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like I wouldn't know how to respond to that. So that was my, that was my world. That was my universe. I graduated in t- 2014 and very long story short, I actually got a job at Visco um, visual supply company, uh, the app, oh, no way. Yeah, cool. right, right out of, I went to a Bible college. I was planning to be a minister and a preacher and I, I downloaded this app and then my, life has radically changed since then but I had I
2: love love not to cut you off but I just love this part of the show when when we hear like from our guests like the moment you know I just just love that sorry go ahead
3: (laughs) no yeah no yeah that's good I love that and um, so like I had a Bible degree, no photo background. My Instagram started to kinda of like take off in that season and that what in my mind when I was applying for Visco, uh, thought that was like my golden ticket. Oh, yeah. It's like this is what's gonna get me in. It's like these numbers, like this will like validate any kind of whatever. And uh, I had a buddy who was working at Visco who kind of suggested the opportunity. It was for one of their curator positions in Colorado Springs. And uh, he was basically, he was like, also, by the way, like, they don't even, they don't give a crap about any kind of numbers or any kind of following on Instagram, which is why I love <laughs> yeah. VSCO is because they're kind of the anti, yeah. the anti-Instagram, right? You know, they don't, they don't have numbers. They don't have following. I mean, you can follow people now, but you don't know who's following you or how many or whatever. Um, mm. And they were truly about um, the art. And uh, so I was like, frick, like, well, there goes yeah. my chances. I have no chance of getting this job, and and so I had an interview with uh, with Greg and Christina, the co-founders. And um, honestly, I, I, I don't know how I did, but I ended up getting that job and uh, moved down to Colorado and was at Visco for a year. And I I honestly tell people um, because at the time I was still just doing iPhone stuff. Um, that was like you know that was what. Um, the summer of 2014 is when I moved down there. And um, Visco like, radically changed my life. Like, I was, like, from the p and I was super big into the landscape, you know, tiny little person standing on a mm-hmm. rock next to a lake. You know, we all know those photographs, right? And especially those, like, not even those photographs, but we know that kind of trend that took over the, yeah. the mm-hmm. world, that took over mm-hmm. the photography community. Because I assume you guys probably were photographers before Instagram. Yeah, You know, I had this, like... I wish I was that kind of individual, right? I wish I had more of a, a solid foundation of just understanding of what photography was—a history of photography, a history of arts—and uh, Visco was that for me. Like week one, like I. I'm leaving like my first week and I have like homework assignment studying Alex Webb well, and like looking at his photography. Wow, I'm like, I'm like yeah. not even, I had no idea what to do with these photographs of his. I'm like, I don't understand it. It's so busy. I don't like, why, why is this guy like, you know, a world renowned. So I'm just like, my whole mm-hmm. world is being shattered <laughs> on what photography was. Uh, but honestly it, um, That 10 months that I was at Visco was the most transformative 10 months uh, of my life and of my professional career as a photographer. And I think that's what switched for me um, because, like, my understanding of photography was so narrow and it was so one-sided with just, like, these epic landscape Mm -hmm. P&W vibes, Mm -hmm. you know, which is how I learned. It was what got me into into photography but uh, visco completely obliterated my understanding of what <laughs> photography and art was and kind of build it started to build it and form it on a um, really sound uh, like solid and sound foundation of of arts and photography and man I, yeah so I grew a lot I started to do different type of things, and um, I left Visco after a year. T- I got an opportunity as a creative director in Portland, Oregon, um, for about two years. I was right as I was getting um, married, which, by the way, I met my wife on Instagram. Oh, no
2: way! <laughs> uh,
3: I literally, <laughs> literally saw a photo of her and slid into her DMs uh, hours later. Yeah. Yep. So it, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So that happened, and then, um, yeah, I was in Portland for about two years working and doing some kind of freelance stuff on the side. I had a job to work. I had the flexibility to do do that and, and then, um, got let go unexpectedly right before the holiday season, Mm -hmm. um, of 20, uh, 2016. And the next step for me was to kind of like go freelance uh, photography. That was always the dream. I never wanted to kind of stay where I was at and, but I was pushed into freelance, not on my timeline. Like I, yeah. I was just kind of kicked right before the holidays too. It was just like the worst timing mm. of everything. It was kind of a financial decision on their ends, so like why they needed to let some people go. And, and so I was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to freaking do this. And I was getting some jobs, <laughs> freelance jobs on the side while I had that full-time job. So I had some kind of like momentum heading into it, but it was just absolutely terrifying. And I just, I guess it would have been yeah. uh, this past January would have been my first full year, um, freelance, but no, we, um, moved to, to New York about a year ago to kind of continue to pursue what we're doing. And it's just been, it's weird. Instagram like, I downloaded an app in 2011 and it radically changed my That's, life. Like it's crazy. Like I, Found what I love doing in photography. I met my wife. I've met some of my best friends because of this app. And I've had the opportunity and privilege um and blessing to be able to travel the world um because of a free app that I downloaded. It's just wild how like that happens and that works and like I was heading one direction and then I downloaded an app and everything's changed and so yeah, that was a very long winded answer. Um but that's kinda how I got into it and kinda where I'm at and but yeah.
1: Man. What an epic story.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's been a a wild ride, but I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, sometimes I wish I had more of a, like, a professional education or just kind of intro Mm -hmm. into it. Um, But what's interesting about this whole, like, Instagram thing is that, like, I've had, it's been a conversation I'm going to have with my peers recently um, that are in kind of the same situation with the, the whole Instagram thing is, like, I've had to, like, unlearn some unhealthy practices oh, sure. in terms of like mm. what I thought photography was back in the mm-hmm. day, you know, and um, it's been it's been really fun and challenging for me to like be faced with those kind of situations when I see it come up, and uh, and to now because like I'm doing something totally different, which I'm sure we'll get into than what I was when Visco when I got hired at Visco or when I first started. So it's crazy to see how one pursuing photography can evolve as mm-hmm. an artist. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that um, as when you first started or, or even the conversation, which I'm sure we'll have of how I got into film that has like radically yeah. changed everything as well. So there's these little chapters that have just like kind of been these incredible moments of growth for me as a, as a photographer and as an artist that um, I wouldn't change for the world. When
2: did you, when did you first get a camera in your hands? When did it switch from the phone to the,
3: right. I think it was a uh, midway um of my 10 months at, at Visco. Um so I think it made it right, right around the start of 2015 I bought a Canon 5D Mark 3 I think camera. and just the typical mm-hmm. yeah, just typical camera with the 35 and then we were one 1.4 and because uh, I was getting some kind of commercial work at that time and so I just needed something mm-hmm. like that. I couldn't like you know, I couldn't go on a commercial shoot with my yeah. iPhone 5S at the time, but like, yeah. that, that would have been so bad. So that's what started that. And then I still have Canon uh, for like when I do have those commercial setups and I'm mm-hmm. trying now to get the commercial clients to uh, adopt film mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like slowly weave that into some of my stuff um but that's that's a whole nother conversation for another time but uh yeah so I think it was like the beginning of 2015 was when I got that
1: man so how did you transition into film like what was this like you had a you had a camera as a kid and you remember the Mm. the fun or is it kind of just
3: again I I mean so many of my peers and people that I meet that have been doing photography or um or that's their their pursuit is like they had their dad Mm -hmm. was a whatever and had a camera and they Mm -hmm. picked that up and like I don't I've got a pretty crazy story um, in terms of just like my upbringing and don't have a typical upbringing as as m- most of my peers. Um, so that wasn't the option for me. But like, I literally, it was because of Instagram. That is like that was my only concept and intro into photography. I would see photographs, obviously, or I would see my mm-hmm. buddies who had cameras. But like it was, I was never interested yeah. in that. Um, Instagram was a gateway that got me interested into looking at a photograph and being moved, sometimes to even tears. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this photograph like like wow. hitting yeah. me this way? Like, that's crazy. Like, I'm literally looking at a still yeah. image, not a video, mm-hmm. not a yeah. not a 10 minute, very epic, whatever, but like a photograph that can like means so much to me. And that's when I started to like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life right now because this photography thing is a very unexpected, um, situation that just happened in my life. And, um, yeah. I got a film camera. It was actually a, we- it was my wife's wedding gift to me on our oh, wedding. Um, I love
1: that. We, no kidding.
3: We, um, I had, I had, I, I, I totally forgot that I even mentioned to her when we were engaged. I was like, Oh, I would love to get a film camera. Like, and I didn't know what, camera to get at the time um but like i I mentioned that to her and we got married we had a destination wedding in iceland my wife and i got married in iceland It place very a film (laughs) camera (laughs) exactly 10 10 to 12 uh 10 to 12 people there it was very intimate very beautiful and we honeymoon to paris but so i'm opening up uh you know i got her a gift and she got me a gift and we wrote letters and i opened it up and it was it was a canon ae1 yes uh with Mm -hmm. like with the 50 mm-hmm. mil, you know, set up. And I was freaking out. I was so stoked. And uh, and I had, she I had, she gave me, like, three rolls of film. Couldn't tell you what they were, but uh, they were color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so I didn't actually shoot any. We didn't have a lot of time, uh, just behind the structure, uh, to shoot in Iceland, actually. But So when we went to Paris, I shot all, my first three rolls of film ever in Paris. And, wow. um, and I was like, I didn't, like, I could have. I, maybe I did, actually. But I, I'm very impatient. I'm very fast-paced. So, like, I tried to watch it youtube tutorial on how to load and how to correctly <laughs> yeah. expose again i'm like this is 2015 right. uh of september so i got my first dslr in january of that year and i got a film camera 10 months later or nine months later so like i wow. just have no idea what I would, i'm just so used to like literally just swipe mm-hmm. up hit mm-hmm. the button tap for exposure like that was my whole universe and uh, she got me this camera and so i shot shot this film and uh, we got back from my honeymoon and i went to go get it developed and i picked up the scans and uh two of the three rolls were no. blank, just like, <laughs> and this is my honeymoon. Oh, like we took photos on my phone and whatnot, but like, it was like, I was so stoked on these photos. And I was like, I was so confident that I, that I, that I did it right. And that I, I got it situated and two of them were blank. And then there was like 12 shots of the third roll that were blank. So I only had like 20 oh, shots. Oh man. Um, no. And I had like, some of them are actually really great. I really, really love them. It's actually one of my favorite photos I've ever taken of my wife. Um, my wife's a fashion blogger, so I take her photos oh, a cool. lot. and I, um, that's, She's like one of my favorite things to photograph. But um, that photo that I took um, on that Canon AE-1, the, the, one of the 20 photos that came out of those three rolls is one of my favorite photos of her. And it means a lot to me. So that's how I got into it. Which film. that's
2: always like, when that happens, as long as you get one yeah. photo that you're like, oh man, this is the best photo ever. Uh, who cares yeah. about those yeah. other yeah. two roles that came out? blank? Like, yeah. you know? It's so <laughs> worth it. It's so
3: worth it. And that's like, as I have grown, so it's been three years now coming up on three years since I've been shooting film that like, that's such a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make those errors. You have to make those yeah. mistakes. And I still do it three years in there are times where I like, you know, um, you know, botch loading a role in my mm-hmm. M6 and I don't, you know, uh, let it uh, hook correctly and i've ruined a role so it's it happens but that's that's the joy and the beauty of shooting film is and i, I know i'm probably talking you know you guys have heard all this i'm not gonna say anything new on this podcast but like um it's just i love i love how not easy mm-hmm. film is like with, with in my mm-hmm. experience with dslr like i can set auto everything and just go out and just blast people on the streets, Mm -hmm. take a hundred photos in five seconds. And I'm going to get like, almost all those photos are probably going to be really good photographs. And I could, I can post that. And especially now in 2018, when everybody has, you know, a camera, it's just, man, and being a very fast paced individual, like I am, like film has like radically changed the world, changed the way how I see the world, Mm -hmm. how I view people, how I view my work, how I approach projects, how I approach my commercial work, like literally everything. It's, um, and I think uh, it's, yeah, it's, but I also still love, you know, I still love digital. Um, I've got a, you know, weird relationship with it where um, I was just in India back in the early this year and I, uh, Leica sent me the M10 um, and I also brought my mm-hmm. my Leica M6 and I had a Mamiya um, 7-2 that I brought as well. So I shot all three of those in different, you know, situations. But like, I got this weird thing where it's like, I love film mm-hmm. and I love the M6, but the M10 is probably one of, the one of my favorite cameras i think i've ever shot um in terms of like there's you do have like i think there's like auto iso and auto shutter i think but i shot all manual mm-hmm. but even with that i zoned like I, like I had a 28 millimeter lens so i was zoning the entire trip but i felt like i was still shooting film and that's why i think i love yeah. why i love like i Leica say, so much like is that say definitely
2: a like a thing that the the build quality is of those 100%. cameras just even digital you feel like it's a work of art yeah. you know
3: yeah I was like mm-hmm. looking at I was looking at the files and I'm like man like I couldn't even tell that it was mm-hmm. digital the only thing that felt digital about it was when I was exporting the photos right. onto my external hard drive it has it has it like a like a display screen that you can shut off which I did I tried to make it as as m6 like or as manual as possible um mm-hmm. but it was just uh, anyways that's kind of off topic but uh yeah, film is um, it's ruined me. <laughs>
0: uh, both
2: <Same>. personally, financially, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. all, of it, mm-hmm. all of it,
3: But it's a, it's a it's a good type of thing to be ruined by. I feel like.
2: That's funny about the blank roll. I just I mentioned on the podcast. I got my boyfriend into shooting film, so he got himself a camera. Yeah. And I think we sent like th- three or four, four rolls out at, at once and one of them came back blank and i was like oh honey your first blank roll." and he was like wait why like what happened and i was like just yeah that's just what happens You're, like initiation it happens yeah
3: yeah it's so true it's so
2: yeah. true
1: oh i love that man same i i was just shooting because uh you know the covenant pack film is is on its mm-hmm. way to extinction yeah. and i have um i got a couple packs in the mail just recently and i was out shooting uh shooting some of the stuff on our porch because in the summertime i love sitting out on the oh, back it's, porch it's it's especially in got massive. our plants and the birds yeah. and the, yeah. yeah i mean it's just so much fun and i was trying to capture a couple shots on the polaroid while i had well it's you know the fuji pack film but um i forgot to take the dark slide <laughs> out on the first shot and you know peeled it apart and i was just like oh yeah <laughs> that's right that's right okay it's just so many little little things like that that yeah you know just kind of make it mm-hmm. so much better. Like, yeah. I wasn't mad, even though that that was, was, like, a <laughs> $12 waste of... <laughs> it, was, it was okay.
0: It yeah. was all right.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. special. And that's, like, I mean, even now, it's, like, you've got apps, third-party apps that try to mm-hmm. replicate this feel, right? And I've, mm-hmm. I've been getting yeah. into shooting more, like, Super 8, 8mm video film and uh, hope to get a 16mm camera soon. But it's just, like, there's something about it that, like, that process of not being able to just like look at the image right away or to like have that instant gratification, but to allow that, that, uh, or those images like, you know, uh, to kind of like, get some, you know, some, uh, shelf life mm-hmm. into age a little bit and then go back to it and get it developed. is just a really, really special process. And with how like fast paced everything is in terms of like visually, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it be, like that era that we, we live in is like, we shoot, we post, we upload, share, yeah. repeat, mm-hmm. repeat. So it's just, it's good to be slow and to calm down. And that's just good for my personality and how I work is to have that it, like really, um, has been like a massive, um, Beneficial tool in my like creative process um, as a
1: photographer. Man, that's that's actually something I've been practicing a lot because when I, I mean even like a year ago I was doing the same kind of thing with with film as I was with digital. You know, you shoot an hour later, I already mm-hmm. have it developed, dried, scanned, wow. and uploaded. You know, like yeah. I was doing it so quick, and it, I, I don't know it just it, it didn't feel mm-hmm. any different than just taking a you know yeah. a cannon out and walking around the block so yep. i i started doing that now the last couple months i really took a i mean i have probably 20 roles sitting, waiting for me yeah. to develop. Love it. I mean, if there's something that's priority, like of I've course. been working on a project, you know, like yeah. I get that stuff knocked out, but like all the just like walking around downtown stuff, yeah. I, I've been saving. And I'll tell you, I'll do like two or three at a time and just going so back and looking at that. And it's like, man, this was April. Mm-hmm. This was awesome. I remember this day. It was so like, it. I don't know, man, life is life is just yeah. mm-hmm. fast now, you hours. know, like you don't yeah. even think about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have time. Yep. yep. So it was just nice to, to kind of go back and reflect on that yeah
3: yeah i've got about like 20 or 30 rolls in my my fridge from like within the last year like i literally don't even know what's on them and that's i'll get to them eventually <laughs> but uh when i've got a, you know a lot of money coming in i can go and just dump all that but uh it's 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 oh, really yeah. fun uh getting that all uh getting that done but
1: i was gonna ask i was looking at your website uh, yeah. when we were talking about getting you on the show and stuff and i saw that you um are, are you in the process of working mm. on a book or you have a book out? What, yeah.
3: Yeah. I have, um, man, I think, uh, for what I'm doing and what I'm you know, like shooting, like, uh, there are a few things that I, like the goal for me is to like do exhibits, galleries, um, sell prints and make photo books. Like those three things yeah. is like, that's the dream. Um, if I can be doing those things. Amen. Um, and I just got booked for my first gallery, which we can talk about later, uh, which I'm super yeah, I that The book, <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but the, the book is just like, that was, and maybe you guys have a similar experience, but for me, like, because I didn't go to photo school or art school, I had my time at Visco, And right after, like, I left Visco, I really started uh, being in Portland. We had Powell's Bookstore. I don't know if you guys have, are familiar mm. with Powell's. It's like one of the biggest bookstores in the U.S. Um, incredible bookstore there in Portland. And then I would go there and I would start to just buy and, like, take in these, um, mm. these photo books. And that was the way that I learned and I, I grew and I tried to, even like it helped me kind of refine um, the avenue that I'm on right now and what I'm pursuing in terms of like what I'm yeah. making. Um, so like, I, I mean, I've got so many photo books uh, upstairs in my office that just were like monumental mm. to my growth process. I don't know. Yeah. So like it, for the, the possibility that I have a, a project or a body of work that I could like, put out and be proud of and I have potentially possibly someone experience the same kind of thing that I did when I was like looking through other photographers uh, work is just, um, that would just mean the world to me. So I, I've got a few different bodies of work that can work for a book. It's my first one. I don't want to rush that right. process. You know, um, yeah. oh, I, I yeah. have to allow whatever project it is to, I need some time for that to marinate for me to not look at it, to go back to you and see, okay, what's the best type of book for me to launch? Cause I don't, I'm not going to just make, I, hope not. I don't think like the way that my, my life and my career with photography is going, I don't want to just make one book. I think this is like a lifelong pursuit where I make. So for my first one, I just want it to be really special and uh, I don't want to rush that process. So yes and no, I am, but I'm not, I'm just trying to wait for the right moment for me to step into Yeah, Let that. it come to you. It has to, like, you know, I can't force something just because of whatever reason, just because I want to put out a book or I want to make some money yeah. or whatever. I, I got to let that speak for itself and i think it's it's coming soon
1: i think man that's good that's good that you're doing that that you're kind of taking a you Mm -hmm. know taking a minute to let it all kind of soak in because i definitely rushed with my i've said this before on the podcast like i've definitely rushed with my first book Mm -hmm. and not that it i think it's bad it's just could have been so Mm -hmm. much better you know like if i would have planned it out and done just done a little more research on stuff and you know but I just wanted to Mm -hmm. see it. You know what I mean? Like I basically did it for myself. I just wanted to hold something in my hand that I worked on. And that's the thing that's going to be so special is to
3: like have a physical copy of some, like I it just means so much. Like I've bought some of my buddy's books before to like, have a physical copy and to have that live on my coffee table or on a yeah. shelf that i can refer to i know how much it means for that artist and i can't imagine what it would mean for me to have my peers or my colleagues or my friends um to mm-hmm. have my work living in their space um it's just uh, that's just the idea of that is especially again like in, in 2018 like with how like we just swipe up yeah. right? that's how we view photography now that's yeah. how we view work that's how we view you know m- mass media so to to have that it's just going to be really special someday. So
1: it's such a bummer how quick everything is. It, it bums me out. Instagram is, yeah. I mean, it was a blessing, you know, of it's course. a blessing and it's a curse and it's in its own right. But it's all about, um, it's yeah. all about balance. Mm. It is. It, <laughs> it really is.
2: You know, I still read regular books. I'm all about like the tangible mm. part yeah. of it. And so I like love, like you said, having your, your friends photo bo- zines or books or, you know, I have like a little yeah. collection now. So i, I Oh, that's, I just, I, that's one of my favorite things about the community is, is the zine aspect yeah. of it that everybody is like showcasing yep. their work in that way. And we can all like, Oh, did you get like when yep. Timothy comes out with the next one? It's like, I'm going to get your, and then, you know, I want to get his, I want to get, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I just love that mm-hmm. part of it.
3: Yeah. It's, it's extremely – and I haven't even experienced it yet, but I can't imagine how rewarding that will be for, like, a photographer to have that out and people support mm-hmm. that. Like, that's – it's not about the money, but it's, like, to have – to put all this work and this uh, this energy and a creative process of, of building a body of work to be able to get it on print is just such a rewarding process. And I haven't even done it yet. Yeah. I just know just from owning photo books, like, how much that would mean to me, I think.
1: When we had uh, Aliki on from She Shoots Film, she does like a, a bi-yearly yeah. publication. It's it's like featuring women in photography and stuff. And awesome. it's just we've always talked about it, uh, Chris and I, about doing, you know, either like our guests or uh, listeners yeah. doing like a oh. like a like a series, maybe like quarterly or yearly or something mm-hmm. like that, where because, I mean, I know how awesome it is to open up a newspaper and see your photo or a, mm-hmm. a, a website, yeah. like a news or something uses your photo like there is just mm-hmm. something so powerful to that that is encouraging and yeah. you know like validating it, yeah, yeah validating it makes it like all it worth it you know and mm-hmm. i don't know i just I, I would love to do that we need for, to yeah we need yeah, to, we need to, to figure seriously
2: out. sit down <laughs> and figure that out
3: <laughs> yeah you guys do that's a
1: really good idea so we need we need to talk about your gallery show <laughs> yeah what's, man what's it's that? um
3: it's crazy uh yeah so i um started shooting like a about a, about a year and a half ago. Um, I had a buddy who was working that full-time mm-hmm. job in Portland was a big, like, like, a head. Mm-hmm. he had them all. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, and he would always like bring him in just to office, just to kind of like, he, he's the kind of guy just had a camera on him at all time type situation. And he kind of like, you know, even just even the whole rangefinder system, yeah. like that was so foreign mm-hmm. to me. Cause I was like on an SLR or like auto, whatever. And I saw, just, you know, would play around with him and he would kind of just even like slowly just, uh, indo- indoctrinate me on the the, the <laughs> history of Leica and just the weight of what it is to, to own a camera mm-hmm. like that, or just like where Leica comes from, um, which is really cool and really fascinating to me. And, uh, so I was able to buy one off a of buddy, uh, that Leica M6, mm-hmm. uh, in January of 2016, it was right around, uh, I was actually, I bought it. I was in DC during Trump's <laughs> inauguration because I was like shooting that. And I, I bought one and I was like super stoked, but uh, that's the only reason why I know that because the inauguration was yeah. insane. Can um, only imagine. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, so once I got there, and then I would visit some Micah stores or some in Seattle when I was living out in the northwest, and, and then I moved to New York and I saw one, but they always would do these these like little gallery exhibits, um, in their stores for like two to three months at a time, and I was just like, man that's a goal. Uh, like, yes. I would love to just mm-hmm. be up there someday. Right. And, um, I, uh, at the beginning of this year, 2018 got hit up by, um, the, the, like a store in Seattle. Wow. And, um, they're like, I had just, I was about a month of returning from uh, Cuba and they had been seeing some of my Cuba stuff online. And like are like, we love, uh, what, what you've been doing. And, uh, we're particularly drawn to your your Cuba work. We love to do a little gallery in September to November, three months. Uh, you come, we'll have an opening night thing. And I was just like losing my mind. I was like, oh my, like, I was freaking out. I was super excited. Oh, I, and, I bet. and then I was like about to go to India. I went to India and they had just started to like, I sent them a batch of photos from Cuba. It was all film, all on the M6. And um, I sent them a batch of photos and uh, they started to c- curate that down. And But then they started. I started to post some of my India stuff. I started to come out on social media. And then they were like, so we love your Cuba stuff, <laughs> but we would love – to showcase your India stuff. And we've only seen like three Whoa. photos. So, and they they knew that like, I, I think for them, like that store specifically, I've seen other bodies of work from India in like a stores, but for their store specifically, like they hadn't seen any kind of uh, stuff from India, you know, through their, through their store or their community there. So I was like, I'm all about it because at the time when I was in there and they emailed me about that, when I was at in India, I knew that this body of work that I was making in India is, and still to this day is probably yeah. some of my favorite work that I've ever That's made. That's on my list of places um, to go photograph just
2: because it's incredible. Guys,
3: it is, I kid you not like there, I've had the opportunity and the blessing to travel a lot in the last few years, um, and experience so many amazing cultures and communities. Um, but the first day, the first morning going out shooting in India is a feel like I'm trying to chase that yeah. feeling. Like the, the first time I got to like walk in the, the flower market of, um, of Chennai in India and in Southeast India was one of the most beautiful, surreal, special, like I, it's hard to put mm. into words, honestly. Like I, it was so overwhelming. Um, in the best way possible. Um, and the people of India are, are absolutely incredible and warm. And um, anyways, I could talk about that forever. India is probably now I'm like, now I know why Steve McCurry has yeah. been to India almost I was, 60 I was, times I was just, in his life. This a while. Is oh, kind of right. off topic, but I was yeah, just listening right.
2: to a podcast with um, Ricky Martin, because he just got nominated yeah. for um, that show that he did. Um, but he, he was talking about India's like where he goes to retreat. He like goes to India just to like decompress.
3: You have to go. It's one of the most magical places I've ever been. And, and I like Steve. You know, Steve McCurry is one of my biggest inspirations. And um, I, I've always wanted to find that mm-hmm. place where I could go and build a lifelong portfolio and a, a body of work in one
0: yeah.
1: uh,
3: place or country that is not my own. And I think, I think India will be that place. It is so massive. It is so diverse. There's so much going on. Within it. the country, they speak 23 that's different insane. languages. Like, imagine that. In, if in the U.S., if there was 23 wow. different languages within the U.S., like, that's... It's mind blowing, honestly. Um, but no, India was very special. So the show is going to be on some of my work from India, which, you know, you can edit this out on the podcast because this is a film podcast, but it's all from the like it's M10. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, man, I feel like I'm going to get, uh, you know, some no, hate no, email no, no. after this. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm
0: kidding. I'm kidding.
3: But uh, I, I did send them the M6 work. You know, I, I had both. Um, but uh, the, the photos that they ended up choosing were all from the, the M10. So. Um, yeah, that's going to be in next month. So right now I'm, I'm working on, um, I just sent off the, the, the files to the printer to get to printed and, and sent out there. This is my first rodeo doing yeah. like this. so I'm learning so much on um, just everything across the board. So I'm just super honored and excited to, um, yeah, have my work up in the like community. And that's just like such a huge goal. I'm still like processing. I don't think it's like quite <laughs> it yet. Maybe it's cause like I haven't yeah, seen the photos yeah. or I'm not there in Seattle yet, but like, you know, I'm very thankful to have, um, to be able to share my, my, my work with the audience that I have on Instagram and and, and Twitter. But like, I'm like really excited to have my work in front of the Leica community because it's a different type of community. You know what I mean? It's not the type of community that that's on the internet, um, or that's on social media. There might be some overlap, but like, I'm just really, really amped about just getting my, my work in front of those, those eyes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I have no idea what to expect, but it uh, should be should be really fun.
2: How so. long is the show going to be up?
3: It'll be up for about three nice. months, uh, September to November, time. so
2: people can come check it yeah, out. Yeah,
3: good. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's happening, and I'm I'm super excited. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's some of my favorite work that I've ever been able to produce. Man.
1: So, are you getting? This is kind of just like a like a nerdy technical question. <laughs> are you it. getting the the prints and stuff sent to you, and you're gonna like frame it all, or how how are you doing that? Yes,
3: because
1: uh, I've been wondering about doing shows like elsewhere mm. other than where I'm at. Yeah, you know, kind of.
3: So I'm getting it. I'm probably gonna get it printed here at my lab here in New York, um, mm. and I'm going to get the mat, the white border matting uh, here, yeah. all customized for the print. So they're 24 by 36. Mm. Seven photos. Oh, awesome. Um, Awesome. And uh, I'm going to send through tubes. I don't know what the yeah. technical term is. <laughs> Again, I'm still like this is a new world for me. So getting that shipped all to Seattle, and then uh, my contact there, like uh, uh, Nate, is going to be putting it all together and, and getting it all framed because they've got the frames there in uh, in the store. So I just got to get them the prints okay. and, cool. and uh, the padding there. So and they're going to take care of all that, which is great for me because that's just that eliminates mm-hmm. a lot of stress because I have no idea how to even go about that.
2: Yeah, p- finding a framer nowadays. Yeah. You know, like, but
3: it's but it's a new territory, and it's something that I hope to be doing more of um, as I move on. Yeah, this is definitely. A, uh, hopefully, the first gallery of yeah, many. I sure. hope. Um, so it's it's hopefully stuff that I need to just learn, and I think it's helpful for me to just know how to have these kind of conversations and and how to know the language because Nate just told me like, oh yeah, go get this and this, and I'm like, dude, like, I what? have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about right now. No. Like, so, but I'm like the least technical photographer probably on the planet. Like in terms of like gear talk and like technical phrases and and um and yeah, I just it's it's weird and I it's kind of like a, in a weird uh, kind of a little insecurity. But it's like I know how my cameras right. work. I, gonna, and I know how same to get. I know way. how to get what I want. Yeah. Because when you said uh, Tim, when you said like I gotta have a technical question, like, like I started like, sweating. Oh, no, I no, was no, like, no. oh my god, like, please, please do not even yeah. ask me anything like that. That's so funny.
2: I'm the same way, and I am super insecure about it. Because like people ask me like all these like lens questions, like blah blah, blah or whatever, and I'm just like,
0: yeah.
2: I was like, I just know how to do it. I just it just is like an it's like a part of me, you know. Yeah. I can't exp- like. To, or yeah. thought of like teaching like a seminar or like having a class it's just like you know then you just yeah. then you just it just comes out of you I don't know <laughs>
3: no, it's so true it's like you guys know this but like um you know I, I get hit up so many times so many mm-hmm. questions on social media like oh look, what camera is this what's your lens setup what's yeah. your setup and it's all about the gear and I want to be helpful yeah. like I remember asking those questions when I first got started you know but like man it's so hard because it's like so much of it and this goes back to, like, my story, my upbringing, some of the the tragic things that have happened in my life and the good things and the bad things and all of it. But, like, so much of it when I'm out on the streets and I'm shooting or I'm in a different country, like, it's so emotional mm-hmm. for me. It's mm-hmm. such an, an emotional mm. process. It's not just like a – it's not a calculated right. thing. It's 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 very – like, I – I respond to certain things and maybe it's because of what I'm going through in that stage of my life. And fast forward five months from that, I'm not going through the same thing. So I'm, 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 I'm drawn to different things on the street, but it's just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like growing up and maybe you guys had this growing up, uh, your, your parents or uh, your teachers would tell you, you know, when you get a job, you know, you get your nine to five job, you go and you clock in, you leave your personal life at home. You leave, mm-hmm. baggage, yeah. you leave all that baggage. You leave all that stuff. You come here. You do your job. You clock out. You go home. You deal with that. I heard. I've heard of that. You know, growing up, and especially when I had jobs when I in my early twenties. But like, that's not to say You can't do that with photography. I don't think, in my opinion, whether whatever I'm going through in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If I I can't just shut that right. off and just throw on a switch and be like, all right, I'm here shooting this photo shoot, and not like I allow that um, all of it to influence what I'm doing when I have that camera up to my eye. And it's, I can't mm-hmm. tell you, man, like I was going through a tough time when I was, uh, like personally just in my life, uh, when I was in Israel back in 2015, it was the first time to Israel. And there was these themes that I noticed after I was like looking through some of the work and um, and putting it up and that like, they were directly reflecting wow. things that like the, the emotion that I was capturing in the Israeli people was exactly what I was going through. And I didn't know that. And that's when it switched. It was like, dude, I can't. I can't keep shutting off my emotions when I have a camera in my hand. I think that's what fuels. It's just, and it's kind of like what you were, you were saying, like it's, it's so such a part mm-hmm, of me and mm-hmm. it's hard to like, it's hard to tell people yeah. about that, like, or how to like teach that. Yeah. You just, you got to feel it. So much photography is, is all about emotion is all about, is about feeling, um, and I, I love that actually because I'm like I cry more than my yeah. wife. I'm super emotional. I'm just like an emotional yeah. dude. I'm a wife. To- mm-hmm. like, I'm,
1: I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. So
3: it's a <laughs> it's it's a fun process to to pursue that.
1: But I mean, you know. I feel like it's just like like music mm-hmm. or you yeah, know, you know those kind of lines. Like anybody can pick up an acoustic guitar and play Wonderwall, yeah. but like <laughs> nobody can nobody can write that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it takes few to write something mm-hmm. like that. Like of course, I definitely when i go out and you know even before work i i do it every day like i work at a restaurant i work at a pub downtown and you know i do you work on I, broadway
3: at all the honky tonk <laughs> no no oh, i i, I no i no, no no
1: um i i work in franklin like down on main street at a little okay, irish cool. pub but uh awesome. I, you know i it's three blocks away from my house so i oh, wow. i I walk to work and I walk home. I mean, there's no sense in paying for parking and driving the car down there and all oh, yeah. that stuff. So are you, but are you like,
3: shooting? Are you shooting on that walk?
1: Oh man. Yeah. Every day, every day is right. like, I mean, even if it's just like one mm-hmm. shot, you know, I, but it's the, the act of like going out and, you know, taking fifth Avenue instead of third Avenue or right. fourth Avenue, yeah. you know, like, it's just like, I mm-hmm. need that i like anytime i'm like out and my girlfriend's like i'll drop you off at work and i'm like no just i'll just go drop me off at home like i'll walk i mm-hmm. need yeah. that i need that like mental release before i get to work and then when i, I get off that. work just like you said i you know i need to like knock the dirt off my boots before i get home and yeah wow. you know let let go of the day because i mean serving people is not easy yeah, and yeah of course <laughs> i can't imagine but yeah. then and, yeah. you know, and it's just like I keep a little compact tripod in my book bag because I usually work until it's dark out, and it's like I'll shoot a bunch wow. of night stuff on mm-hmm. my way home, and it's just, you know, setting it up and just it, there's there's yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was last year, or maybe yeah, it was. La- <laughs> I don't know. I I taught this little class of it was like between like eleven and sixteen year olds. Uh, it was yeah. like eight kids. Uh, we did photography. I showed them how to shoot a roll film and stuff like that, cool. and same thing. They were just like, well, how do you you know, because I was trying to explain to them like emotion Mm -hmm. in art, like how it's, you know, yeah, like there's just like so much different vibes you can get from things like if you're having a good Mm -hmm. day it could be like a a sunny landscape photo and if you're having a bad day it's it's like a foggy Mm -hmm. landscape or like a yeah uh, Yeah. you know there's just so like you can just like you were saying from israel like the the photos you like what you were seeing was what you Mm -hmm. were feeling and i was like trying to explain like you know what you're feeling really comes out you know like you can really push uh, yeah. You know, you can teach no, technique and stuff like that, but yeah, you know, when it... yeah, that's so good.
3: And I recently took um one of my other favorite photographers that I just uh, I've had some huge influences on my life, uh, Steve McCurry, mm-hmm. Alex Webb, and Joel Meriwitz. Um, I took Joel's, oh, yeah, Joel. I I took Joel's uh, masterclass um, oh, wow. recently, and 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 in there, I highly recommend it. That's like I'm not getting paid to make yeah. that plug, but like I highly recommend <laughs> um taking that. And um, but Joel, like. In one of his uh, lessons there, he was talking about just like, we we just think too much, right? Like, if you're out in the street and you're, 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 we're so calculated that we're like, okay, I got to get the perfect composition. Like, oh, like, and he's just like, you got to react. And, and I don't, not everybody's a street photographer. Not, Not everybody loves shooting on the street. But for me, like, in what I'm pursuing, like, so much of that is just me like I'm going to burn through mm-hmm. rolls I'm going to like there're going to be so many shots on there that are not going to turn out but I'm not going to get a shot unless I pull the trigger so so much of it is like I try to not think too much I just like yeah. respond yeah. I see something or I see a detail and maybe I like I move around that detail and let that that moment evolve and then I go for it but it's like I just got to respond instead of thinking too much because if I when I think I just miss the shot and um that was like huge for me when I when he said that I was like oh my gosh like I got, I got to start doing that.
2: But I think that that's probably like the, one of the keys to street photography. We've talked about street photography on the show and how it's, yeah. it's very um, daunting to me to, to go out and do it and get in people's faces. Um,
3: Oh, it's the best. I know
2: it's, but it's like one of those things. It's so I was just having a conversation yeah. with somebody, I don't know, maybe it was on the show. I don't remember, but I was talking about like, you know, my YouTube channel and this podcast and how I was so, you know, I'm shy. Yeah. By nature, so so the thought of like being on camera and talking and like interviewing somebody whose work I admire, like w- when you do it, it just the fear goes away. So like I know like with yeah. street photography, yeah. the only thing that's holding me back mm-hmm. is the fact that I'm not doing it. Mm. Yeah. And like
0: wow, you seem to know. go for it. I
2: yeah, I I, I for sure yeah. Maybe we'll get some do some street photography when we're in Nashville together, Timothy. We'll have to figure figure out
1: have to. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, just
3: just walk up and down Broadway. Yeah, you'll find a lot of interesting people down there. It'll be great.
1: Oh, it's so it's so easy in Nashville. It's, yeah. it's they're they're ripe for the picking down there. And that's that's right.
2: <laughs> do you have any um, tips Man. for for someone like me who's like maybe intimidated by street photography I've mm. never like really, because I've looked at yeah. you know, your work and a lot of people's work who do that. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, one of my favorites is Vivian Mayer. Just, you know, I talk yeah. about her a lot. Yeah. She's like, mm. you know, yeah. So good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she got up in people's faces. I know you got, you know, just like go and do it.
3: Yeah. It's, it's so interesting, you know, like, and honestly, the, the documentary about Vivian, um, mm. uh, finding Vivian Mayer was, that's kind of what, that was my first intro into anything street photography. I was right. It was the summer before I went to Visco and I saw it. It came out, and it blew my mind. And Vivian's also a huge inspiration. But like, it's uh, it's uh, man, shooting on the streets is not what it was oh, sure. during Vivi- yeah. Vivian's time, or Joel, or Robert Frank, or like all the greats that have ever mm-hmm. done it. Like, it's so much harder to do it now and i think it's because of yeah. this like viral photo era that we live in right so it's like i grab you know well, <laughs> you know i grab my my camera right and i'm on the streets in like on, on on the street or in the, you know at the beach or whatever and, and i do this yeah you know people are like what are you doing like where's that photo going like where, where are you mm-hmm. going to post that like and i've had interactions like that where like i've taken a photo and they're like wait what do you like what was that photo going towards so it's just like and that's why i love zoning oh like, yeah it's yeah. like because I can get in, I can get out. There are times where like, and I think, I think so much of it is, um, man, I, I try to give in tips, you know, cause there are times where like, I'm like <laughs> yeah, terrified yeah. or I don't right. take the photo. There's oh, a yeah. moment where it's so good and I know I'm, it's just like, man, I
1: can't. I, I
3: miss it. I miss uh, a lot of shots. But then there are times where I just like, you know what, forget it. I if it, I'm just going to yeah. do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go take the photo. Sometimes they notice, sometimes they don't. I think the biggest thing is like making eye contact yeah. And giving a smile and just not being a douchebag. Yeah. I don't know if I can say that's that on the idea. podcast, but like <laughs> no, you, so much good. of it, <laughs> so much of it is just like, I don't know, like there are, I would say about 90% of all my photos I take on the street. Um, I don't talk to the individual. I don't talk to the person. I, um, I want the moment before they notice mm-hmm. that I'm taking a yeah. photo. That's, that's what it first drew me to that mm-hmm. scene. Um, in the first place so if I just said hey excuse me can I take your foot like everything right. changes they get weird they get uncomfortable oh how what should pose. I do with my hands yeah. how do I pose like everything changes so I'm after that moment before they are even aware that I'm around um, but there are some moments that are so unbelievable and so perfect and so good or maybe they, they see me you know that I have to go up to them and I'm just like like I was going sir ma'am like you look amazing I would love to take your photo and mm. almost like literally like 99 percent of the time it's Either yes Or if they If they uh, They decline it They're super kind like, Yeah oh, no, you, I've but. had
2: problems with, with that too Like I, People were walking Towards me And I'm like Man I love this guy's look He had a beanie on And like tattoos Or whatever And I just yeah, like yeah. Kept walking Cause I Like yeah. it didn't do You know yeah. Like And I was like what, Exactly right Like he could just be like Nah I'm good But like have a good day And I'm like Okay cool Like Yeah That's not horrible yeah. and- <laughs>
3: Yeah. And I don't know what the community is like in LA or um, I know a little bit of Nashville, but not too much, but like here in New York, like majority of the time, it's like a, a city of eight, nine yeah. million people, a photographer singles one individual out and asks if I could take their like, that's like out of all the people in, in my mind, if like, if I got asked somebody to take my photo, I would feel extremely mm-hmm. flattered. Like out of all the people around here, you want to like stop and notice me. And that's the way yeah. that I kind of approach it is I just try to be extremely mm. kind and gentle. I, I'm not... You know, I'm not super aggressive. I don't shoot flash on the street. That's, I'm not even there yet. I don't even know how people do that. (laughs) That's just so intense. Um, I don't know. I'm just after, um, just those things that, uh, that just kind of like make me, um, make me stop in my, my tracks. And, um, I try to have a camera on me at all times, but sometimes it's really sweet to not bring a camera, but to always be watching and to know, like, oh, like that would have been, that would have been a good photo or, oh, I love this patch of light or, you know, it's always, I'm always watching. I'm always looking through a frame, whether I have a camera or I'm not. And, um, I have found, and what's great about the, the Leica, in my opinion, that like the viewfinder is on this side, that I can make eye contact Yo, here, yeah. and I'm not, sh- and I'm not hiding behind my camera, but that I can like have some hu- human interaction here, make a smile, catch their eye, so they know that I'm not just some creep. I'll hide yeah. behind a <laughs> camera, which um, which I sometimes have had to learn the hard way. So, but uh, I don't. That's probably not the best advice. Um, I uh, still have. Some fear, but it's it's getting better because I'm doing right. it more and I'm more confident with just just interacting with people. Um even if it's a smile and I, I take the photo and I just
2: keep going keep yeah. walking
3: and they know they know that it happens. It's like there's this this uh this understanding and this re- there's this respect, I guess, you know, I think. But um yeah, it's it's tricky and it's tough. But that's why yeah. I love it. It's um it's my favorite. I was gonna type say, is, to photograph. is the street
2: photography like that's your favorite?
3: I think so. Like, I mean, you know, I started with the landscape vibes, right? That's my first love. I will always love that. You you know, I'm trying to plan a trip right now with my wife to, to you know, Glacier and Banff. And, uh, you know, I always love being immersed in nature. I love portraiture. I love photographing my wife or my friends. Um I do the commercial stuff that that pay you know a lot mm-hmm. of the bills but for me like when I'm out on the streets or I'm in a different country on the streets um man I come alive like I don't experience yeah. that <laughs> the same way with landscape I don't experience that the same way with portraiture I don't experience like it is there's something about it that is just man it, and especially when you're shooting film yeah. like on the streets there's something so rewarding because it is so difficult and there's so many factors coming in like when you're walking on the street or like lighting can change a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a second and i don't have my exposure set or um it, i don't know what it is but like it's so difficult and what's so beautiful about it is that those photos that i'm making on the streets can never and will never be yep. replicated or copied yeah or done again. And that was like landscape. That's all I was doing. That's how yeah. I learned. I'd see my, my peers, these guys that I looked up to, and I would literally go to the exact same lake, mm-hmm. stand on the, sta- the same rock, pose the exact same way, go to the same time of day and try to edit it the exact same way as that person did. And that's like a lot is what is still happening here in Instagram. You're seeing these beautiful locations and people are going and they're just like doing the same stuff over and mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. And maybe some people shoot it on film and it's like different enough because it's shot on film, uh, which is a whole trend conversation in itself. But like, I think what's so beautiful about photographing moments on the street that's is that it. that moment belongs right. to me and no, no one Man. else. I saw that moment. I decided when to pull yep. the trigger. I decided when not to pull the trigger, but I know that I could have gotten that moment. All, that's a conversation that I'm having with me in the world, no one else. And that is what's so beautiful is that like people can, I'm inspired by Joel Merowitz and I see a lot of his themes come in my photographs. I'm drawn to color like Joel was in the sixties when no one was right. shooting color. He was a part of that wave of shooting, uh, you know, fine art color photography and at that time that was like no way you want to be a fine art photographer you're going to shoot black and white so i see a lot of joels and alex and especially steve mccurry when i was in india these themes come up but i don't know there's something so compelling about photographing on the streets when i know like that body of work whatever it is that belongs to me and no one else you can walk the same street that i walk on fifth ave or i'm doing a a big project a year-long project in coney island right now like you got to coney island and shoot it but it's like Man, it's just—I don't know. Sorry, I can keep talking about that forever, but I know that's not <laughs> what we need to do. But hopefully, that made sense. But um, definitely,
2: yeah. I think that's the the beauty of street photography in general, especially like looking back on other people's work. Like that was that moment in time, like mm. so special.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I think I think Chris, you just need to kind of I get know. out there and do it. I think the just more and more it. you do it, the easier it it, it comes to you. That's gonna be my next personal
2: yep. project: is to just like. Go out with with mm-hmm. a roll. This, this roll is only going to be street photography. I'm going to go and do it. Yeah
1: and, what
3: what's your uh, what's your setup?
2: Uh, I mean, I have it. Dep- I mean, I have a bunch of different cameras. I
3: but if you were to go out on the streets and take a roll, what would be what would you grab? I'd probably
2: um, grab the Contax G1 that I have, Ooh. just because it's yeah. You yeah. could be a little bit faster with that. You don't have to like yep. you know with the with the rangefinders lined up, kind of yeah. just kind of shoot from the hip. <laughs> but yep. um. Yeah, that's tricky though because sometimes you misfocus with the contacts you want. So I feel like I'd be super yeah. disappointed if I got all brave and then yeah. missed the whole rule.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that you know some of those could turn out and be really beautiful in its own way. But again, that's like part of the part of the process. But yeah, you should definitely give it a yeah. shot.
1: I think Daniel Arnold uses like a contacts. I don't know if it's he does.
3: The, he has the uh, the contacts G two mm-hmm. I think uh, two. With, flat, okay. with flash with flash. And but then with he flash. also he also uses the M six as well um, quite often. But um, yeah that's awesome he's a beast man he's yeah insane. he's wild
1: he's big time <laughs> he is he is man when vogue's doing a piece on you you know yeah you right
3: <laughs> he's like getting invited to those like neck gala shows with all the like celebrities <laughs> but still keeping his 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 style like consistent like that i respect that a lot i think that's really special
1: hey guys we'll be back with a question from one of our listeners for joe right after this message from our sponsor
2: Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners, and this question comes from Jordan Lobaton. He asks, how did you get to where you are? I would love to make a living off photography, but honestly, it just seems impossible with the oversaturation of photographers everywhere. Any advice on being able to make money or try to start living off of taking photos?
3: Hmm. That is a tough That's question. Tough. It is, it is. That is, um, I got a few thoughts on that, um, Jordan. I Man, so for me, like, what's, st- why I'm even like talking to you guys right now, like backtrack, you know, seven years ago, it all started for me when I downloaded mm-hmm. Instagram. I think for me, like I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I was in the Pacific Northwest before even most people to even know what that mm-hmm. was. Um, I downloaded the app. I just happened to be in a very beautiful part of the world and shooting those kind of photos, those landscape photos that kind of like skyrocketed. Like, you know, I would suggest that on Instagram, which I don't even think they do that right. anymore. It's where they like, follow you right, Mm, promote your feed. So I gained a lot of followers in like the matter of two weeks. And then after that, that just kind of like, that snowball just kept rolling. Um, And then I had the opportunity at Visco, which kind of like, critique. I don't know. So I was in that, that's kind of what like got me started into everything. That's like why I started shooting photos. That's how I ended up meeting my wife. That's why I was able to get a job over here in Portland. And that's why I was able to make the move to New York. was all because of that. But now it's like, I mean, Instagram is still around. It's still big. It's still a massive source of inspiration for a lot of photographers. People are still there's people are still experiencing growth and growing their feeds and their portfolios and their followings. Not that I think that's all about that, but that is I think is what got me to where I am um, today. So like, I built this audience that knew me as this PNW landscape guy, and over the last three four years, I've been trying to like change the narrative on what the people that initially followed me started like, I'm just trying to change their minds on what I want them to Mm -hmm. see. Like I can post a landscape here and there and it's great. And I love that. And it's beautiful. But like, I guess we were just talking about like shooting on the street or having these more just like daily life moments um, that I shoot on film or that I shoot on my travels. um, But I think the biggest thing for me that helped me to where I'm at now um, is consistency Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have like, if you want to, if you want to make that jump, if you want to make photography your full time job, you have to be shooting and you have to be shooting a lot. Yeah. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands of photos that will never make the internet. No one will ever see because they were bad and I missed it or I burned through a roll of film and didn't know what I was doing or like you have to shoot a lot. You have to make a lot of mistakes and you have to take risk. So to where I'm at and the the audience that I built and that got me to where I am now, like I have spent so much time energy lost hours of sleep failed assignments because i neglected my studies in college (laughs) to go catch a sunrise three hours away all the like all the money that i've invested on trips or equipment like it's not gonna happen overnight and i'm not saying you guys are like hoping that something like that happens overnight but you have to like find out what within the field of photography because it's so unbelievably vast there are avenues of photography that i don't think i'll ever hit I don't think I'm ever going to be a war photographer. I don't think I'm ever going to do weddings. So there's like, you have to find that avenue that you love, that brings you joy, that brings you life, that way you can look at this photo and it like almost brings you to tears or puts the biggest smile on your face and you just don't even know why and your friends are looking at you like a freak. (laughs) You have to find out that avenue of photography that makes you feel alive yep. like I have found that for me so I'm gonna pursue that I'm gonna I'm gonna make mistakes I'm gonna take risk and I think one of those risks two risks for me that I'll highlight in my life I think were very monumental for me becoming a full-time photographer was one I had a great job I was doing freelance on the side had basically another income and I got fired right but three weeks before yep. Christmas
0: mm.
3: and I was forced mm-hmm. I had no other jobs lined up. I wasn't looking. I didn't submit my resume to whatever. I could have done that once I got let go, but like, I knew that doing full time photography and making that my like, I knew that was that was the dream, and I got forced into it not on my timeline. And the first so having read it right around Christmas time, so January till almost like mid June, I had zero work, (gasps) zero nothing. Dark zone. Thankfully, my wife was killing it with her blog and mm-hmm. her fashion stuff, and she was able to carry us through. And that has continued to be the, the, the picture here. My wife is absolutely thriving in what she's doing. But for six months, when I was like, I was bringing the majority of um, of the income and, and providing that, had health insurance, had it all going on, that stopped. And for six months, I'm just like, did I make the right decision? Mm-hmm. Should I go get a full-time job? Do I need to keep pressing through this very difficult season? And what's beautiful about seasons is there's seasons for a reason. Seasons have a start. Season, seasons have an ending. And that was a really long-ass yeah. season for me. <laughs> oh, it felt my. like eternity. But once I was able to get out of that and gain some confidence, um, and it's been now uh, a year and a half since I, you know, went full-time freelance. There, I mean, the highs are highs. Mm-hmm. The lows are lows. Um, and anyone that is doing that full-time will be able to echo that. Um, that is a very real thing um, so that was one and I totally forgot the other <laughs> one. Oh, the other one the other one was uh, when my wife and I were uh, positioned with the opportunity to move to New York or to not you know New York is a very expensive city as is yeah. LA and we were just like we were like suffocated mm-hmm. by that fear like there's no way we can make it in LA like I just gotta let go I'm not making any money we're, our lease is up in a month do we do this do we not and we just like we had a moment an honest moment where we were just like we gotta take that jump like New York is like I don't know, that I think New York provided the opportunities for me as a freelance photographer and for my wife being in fashion. New oh, York was yeah, sure. we were looking at we were looking at we were looking at LA but it was too hot. Yeah, it's so, so hot. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but for us so that was a, another pivotal um Moment in my my career as a full time freelance photographer was taking probably one of the most terrifying jumps I've ever made in my life um, and honestly like we did it uh, we prayed through it and literally every door opened that needed for us to open kicked wide open and um, it's been it's been a, a tough growing beautiful weird time in our life that we're super thankful for so I think with doing freelance is you you got to make risk you got to be consistent right. with what you're doing with what you're pursuing like if you're Doing if you're taking photos for an hour once twice a week, like you have to invest the time. And I'm sure you guys know that. Um, and as you invest more time, you're gonna experience growth. You're gonna hopefully you know as you put that work out there to the world, people recognize good yeah. work yeah beautiful work that moves people like there's no way if Anne's about like i stumble upon pound people's feeds all the mm-hmm. time to have 400 followers maybe a thousand and i like either it's like some like they take way better photographs than i will ever even dream of taking so it's like you got to put in the, the work you have to put that work out to the world so that they can see it um and then you just gotta you gotta take jumps i hope that answers that question you know i don't have a lot of a concrete this is exactly what you need to do to you know yeah. but for me yeah. that's what's been helpful for me and also like a, a little quick thing I'll, I'll highlight real really fast was just um reaching out to brands yeah. you know if you wanted to get more into the commercial stuff like i have gotten way more nos or emails not responded to than i have yeses but if i put out 20 emails my, my wife and i tried to like mondays and tuesdays we try to just like for the mornings just like email blast clients pitch, pitching pitching mm-hmm. ideas pitching concepts here's what i've done in the past here's what i think i can do for you here's my budget here's this that like and i and majority of them almost like 85 90% of them will not even it's respond crazy. or even know that i sent wow. them an email mm-hmm. but every now and then i'm going to get that 10% or that 15% that will email and it's a great relationship and i'm able to build that but you got that's another thing you've got to you got you to gotta put yourself yeah. out there you got to send me was, emails I was, I was gonna you got to like, hit, gotta hit send.
2: it's like tail on that if you weren't going to transition to that i was like you also have to You have to, you know, people, no, nobody's going to know you're a great photographer unless you're like saying like, Hey, like I would love to do this for you. Or like, you know, networking is so much, so much of it too.
3: It's, 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 I'm realizing that so much, especially in a city like New York. I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. the same in Nashville and even LA, but like. There's times where just like, literally, I'll just go to a coffee shop or go to mm-hmm. a bar and I'll just strike up a conversation yeah. with so-and-so. And I've got business cards yep. on me, you know? And um, and it's just like, you have no idea where these conversations and meeting people are going to end up. It could be a director of yep. whatever. They could be the vice president, CEO of this. And that's like, oh, you're a photographer? You got a card? I'd love to see your work. Next thing you know, it, I'm on a flight to wherever mm-hmm. having a job with a dude that I just struck up a conversation with having yep. a beer. So it's like so many of those things. You just got to like put yourself mm-hmm. out there got to have conversations you got to be kind that's the biggest thing too Is like i will say this has been my we, my wife and i found a lot of success in this when you do get that job you do build that rapport with that client kindness over everything you like don't be the dude the girl the, the girl <laughs> photographer that's just like a drama queen yeah, that's a douche right. that like
1: you, ha- yeah, one you don't have to be kind like treat-
3: don't have an ego no and that's absolutely not and my wife and i have found so much success in just caring about Mm -hmm. the client. And that sounds crazy because the client sometimes can take advantage of the artist or the photographer, but like we want to make sure that we go above and beyond what is asked of us in terms of deliverables, in terms of just like relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to, whenever they're in town, we grab a drink and we just try to take it an extra mile. And that's, we have found success in that. It's like, if you can just be kind and, and love people, um, even though they're paying you or pay net 60 or net 90 and they're having like just, oh, yeah. it's, it can be frustrating <laughs> at times. I'm sure we yep, all know about yep, that. Yep. Um, but I think just honestly, it's it's especially in the like, just the landscape the U S is in right now, like politically and socially, like kindness and loving people. It really, really, really does go a long way just in life with human beings, but also in business. Is, and we have found that to be true.
2: That's the best man, advice. I, that was great. That's, that yeah. was amazing. That was a great answer. Thank you for that show, man. And thank you for sending that question into us, Jordan. We really appreciate that.
3: Yeah, that was really good. Thanks Jordan.
2: So now the second part of the interaction part of the show is we asked the the daunting question of what's your favorite camera like desert island if you could only shoot with one camera for the rest of your life what would it be and why
1: and just so you know on this desert island there or deserted island not desert island <laughs> um it's uh there is a photo lab there so if you need to get your film developed you can, the, bring... the, you can <laughs> and yeah. there's an
3: unlimit, there is an unlimited amount of film that yep. i can yeah yes. yep. mm, right yeah gotcha yep. wow does it have the new uh, ectochrome that just came out or is oh. coming out? Which I saw that by the oh, way. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Yeah. But um, no, man. Honestly, uh, yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be my trusty like M6 here. Ooh, yeah, it's, um, I think it's. I honestly believe it's one of the best machines I've ever held in my hands in terms of making pictures. It is my everyday camera. I have it on me at all times. Uh, Sometimes I go out, whether it's to brunch with my wife and I don't take a single photo and I'm out there for hours and that's fine. But like knowing that I have this Mm -hmm. with me and that like, I can, I just trust this camera. Mm -hmm. Like I know what it does. I know how it works. There's something like you could ask it like you could ask me a super technical question about this camera, and I, I there's a good chance I probably don't know how to yeah. answer it. But I know what mm-hmm. it does, and I know the end product, and I know what I'm going to be able to get on the other end. And I know that if I make a mistake, it's my mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, it could be a technical thing. But I know with this camera, it's, it's very easy to get right, but it's also very easy to get wrong. So I know when I do make errors uh, when I'm looking at my film I know like I just I missed that focus I didn't mm-hmm. pull it correctly or I overexposed it way too many stops or I didn't load the film correctly so the the give and take on that relationship with that camera it's like I love the challenge it's not all easy everything auto you know it's I gotta work for it I gotta work for my, my art I gotta work for those moments and I appreciate that uh, that dance that I have with the the like M6 so I think it's gotta be that camera mm. for sure I just recently yeah. got
2: a chance to shoot um, with the like M6 a, f- a friend of mine let me borrow it um thanks again andre yeah. and I, that camera it's even just even when i wasn't shooting it i was just like holding it like <laughs> i was yeah. just, like sitting up, you know after coffee was like holding it because it just feels so good like in your head like that's it like does. the a thing i was talking <laughs> right. about it's just like man what a beautiful instrument this is so yeah it is that's a good answer Yep.
1: man
3: i think that's what it'd be
1: it, what's what's like your to go film stock like what are you shooting all the time oh yeah
3: yeah, that's a question I get asked a lot. Um, man, I'm a I'm a big Portra lover.
0: Mm, Portra yourself. 400,
3: 400 and 800, 160. I shoot it all. I think I've shot most Portra 400. Um, it's very the longitude and latitude mm-hmm. of that film is ve- it's very flexible on both ends. Whether I'm pushing pulling, and overexposing metering for 400 when I have an 800. Mm-hmm you know stock in there it, i can do so much with it yeah. and i love i love shooting color i sh- i dabble in black and white but it, black and white doesn't doesn't uh get me as, as excited i don't get to experience the amount of joy that i do when i'm shooting color um and that's a whole other conversation <laughs> people are on you know they've got their their ideas in their camps yeah. right mm-hmm. um but for me it's um recently i've been shooting more portrait 800 because i'm shooting a year-long project in coney island on the same topic actually with my buddy gabe who we met at a party. We both had the, like M6 around our necks and we struck a conversation, noted who he was. He had known who I was and we just hit it off. And uh, we got lunch the next day and um, we came up with the idea of shooting Coney Island, documenting Coney Island for a year on the same camera, the same focal length. He is only a black and white shooter. Whoa. He only shoots black and white film. I predominantly shoot color. So we were shooting the same boardwalk, the same beach, the same F train all the way up to Coney Island
0: oh, um, for a so year
3: good. through every season. And we're gonna have hopefully a big show in New York. You guys are invited. We'll, I'll send you invites.
0: Yes, uh, obviously. Why? I'm
3: talking. I'm talking a little early because we just um, we just started uh, last month. But I just picked up film yesterday from one of my my days out, and it's like it's blowing. And I'm it's blowing my mind. Yes, like, I, it's, um, it's 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 uh, it has the potential to be something really really special. Just the way that we're interacting. Um, with, with the people on Coney Island and some of the guys that I've photographed, we have seen there every day yes, yes. and we're building, we're building a relationship and rapport with them and hopefully going to bring them a print and of the photo that I took of him. So it's a uh, portrait 800 is right now in the summer, having the speed mm-hmm. so that I could still zone. Cause I'm zoning yeah. at with portrait 800 um, and I have the 28 millimeter lens, which is easier to, to be able to zone because of, um, of how wide that mm-hmm. is. So I love having more speed right now. someone asked me that actually today was like, why are you shooting? Portia 800 in the summer, it's like I need to have that speed um, so that I can I can zone and kind of get in and out of a moment um, without being seen. But Portia forever, like 100%. Like I'll, nice. I'm probably going to dabble with the Ectochrome, but man, Portia is is, is is doing it right for me right now. Same. Nice. Is that what you guys shoot? Is that what you guys go to? I'm like the,
2: the Porsche lover of the podcast. See, I'm like yeah. color and the Timothy's black and white. So that's kind of funny Yeah, that- I'm always oh, shooting black and white. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. what you go-
3: You HP5 or are you
1: TMAX No, I'm a, I'm a Kodak. I'm a Kodak guy. I do a okay, Tmax cool. 6. Uh, push to 1600. I get asked 16, to- wow. Same question all the time. Why are you pushing it at it mm-hmm. You know, you can you can zone focus and I never it's have great. to worry about yep. uh, light. Yeah. <laughs> and the contrast is always amazing
3: yeah but there's something about color man mm-hmm. it's why there's times where I've like I've had black and white rolls in my camera and I'm drawn to a moment specifically because of a color arrangement co- that's yeah. happening in the scene and I'm like yeah oh, I'm so excited and then it hits me it's like oh my like, frick, yeah. <laughs> I should shoot black and white so and that has happened to me too many times we're like okay I gotta like I gotta put black and white to the because it's I'll get to you later but color is, is, is what works for me and but I love meeting those people that are just mm-hmm. all black and white that's like all they shoot it's like man you guys are I'm just fascinated by your guys' minds mm-hmm. on, like, choosing to shoot and to document that in black and white over color. And that's just a fun conversation to have with anybody when um, when I meet them. But love that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's fun.
2: So the, we have, like, a part two of this question now, thanks to Chris. Chris sure. our friend oh. Chris Visser. So he he's, you know, we okay. would do the, what's your... Camera, basically, you can't live without, right? Like the desert island camera. And then, what is the sure. your white whale camera, which is kind of like Moby Dick, like the camera that you lost right. over but can never get? Like, what are you, what's, what are you like dreaming about right now?
3: It has to be the like M10. I know I don't own it right now, and it's not a film camera, so that's maybe okay. I should change my no, answer. Okay. I should no, probably no, say fun. a film camera. I feel <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get crucified uh, in these comments. Um, Man, I just, um, I've, got, I've, got the, I've got the M6. I have a Konica Hexar, a little autofocus uh, film camera that's great for what it is. And I have the Mamiya 7.2 medium format, which is also one of my favorite cameras. Uh, I've been getting more into medium format and it's just been blowing mm-hmm. my mind. But for me, it's like, and the M10 is not cheap. It's almost seven grand. It's an expensive camera. Like, and and it's one of those things where it's like, this is like my 30th birthday is coming up in February. So I'll put my wife (laughs) listening. Um, It's kind of like one of those, it's, it's a, I think the M6 I'm going to have for the rest of my life. It's Mm -hmm. one of those cameras that I'll probably never sell. I believe the M10 is also that kind of camera. When I had it with me in India, it just, it's only camera, digital camera that I feel confident taking on the streets. I'm not going to lug my Canon 5D Mark IV right. with my 20. Right. Like I'm not. That's just ridiculous. I'm not going to. But like, there's something about the M10, the way that it feels like film, and that's the way that they purposely designed that camera to go back to its roots to make it as most analog as possible mm-hmm. with it being digital, obviously. But like, and I truly felt that. Like when I was shooting it, there was nothing about it that led me feel like I was taking a digital photograph. Um, so that was very special. Like and I made so many mistakes because I was zoning. There were times where like I had the moment right there. I could have put on auto shutter, mm-hmm. auto ISO and totally gotten it. But I didn't because I just, I love the way that shooting analog and shooting manual makes my mind work and makes my mind work when I'm out on the field shooting. And I think the M10 is probably my white whale camera. And hopefully someday hopefully. I will find that <laughs> and get that camera. So we'll see. Yeah. And I apologize all of you diehard <laughs> film lovers. Like, I'm not a purist. I love film. I know what it's done for mm-hmm. my life. And I will always, probably, most likely, for the rest of my life, be shooting film. I know the joy and the pain that comes with shooting film. And um, the joys dramatically outweigh the pain. Um, so I know that I'll be shooting film for the rest of my life, but I'm I'm not writing off digital because it's at the end of the day it's like it's not about the no, camera. It's not. As we go back it. to something we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's about our experiences in life and yeah. being able to to showcase that when we're behind the camera and if that's a freaking Canon or Nikon, whatever digital. Or look, an like, iPhone. Awesome. It's an, or an iPhone. Or an yeah. iPhone. Exactly. I literally my career started because mm-hmm. of an iPhone. So, um, no, I'm not too caught up on gear, but I love gear. It's a weird thing that I got going on, but oh, oh, that's yeah. probably that's probably my <laughs> white whale.
2: Awesome, Man, Joe.
1: Great, great, great.
2: Well, this has been awesome getting to chat with you, Joe. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it.
3: No, thank you so much. I was uh, my first podcast. So I had no idea how. This was going to go, and I get pretty – kind of talking nah, you, as long as kind of <laughs> nerve, nerve-wracking. nerve But, no, I really appreciate the the, the conversation and the dialogue. You guys awesome. are amazing and are really good at what you guys do. So it's an honor to be awesome. here and to have this discussion. Thank
2: you. Where can everybody check you out? Where's like your website and Insta and all that stuff?
3: Yeah, my website, you can find me at uh, ioe.photography. And then my Instagram is uh, greer. Uh, and that's my my social across all boards Twitter, Facebook. You just type Iwe Greer in the, uh, Google, and, and you'll find my stuff there. And for those that are asking, Joe Greer was taken oh, that dang, handle on I was un- just gonna yeah. be like,
2: wait, what? <laughs> what? happened? So the
3: lowercase i kind of looks like a lowercase j with that yeah, little yeah. swoop. So, and that has just like, believe it or not, become my brand, and I've kept with it. So, um, Ioe like Greer. That's where you can cool. find me. So
1: great.
2: And what about you, Timothy?
1: Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. I'm also on YouTube. I do some film photography related videos. You can go to youtube.com slash Timothy Makeups Ditzler or just go to the search bar and type in Timothy Makeups. You'll find it. Um, I also do a little solo podcast called We Believe in Film. That's on iTunes, Google and YouTube as well. And Chris, how about you? Where are you at?
2: I'm Chris B Photo on Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook group you can join and a page you can like. And that's it. That's where we are. Awesome. Thank you again, Joe. This has been great.
3: Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. All right.
2: We'll see everybody in the next one. Bye. Bye.
1: All right. So first off, I wanted to thank Joe for being on the podcast. He did forget to mention his film photography Instagram. So if you want to head over to at IOE. Street. So it's basically at Joe Street, but with an I instead of a J, just like his other Instagram. Go check that out. But Joe, thanks so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure meeting you. It was awesome getting to talk to you about all this stuff. You know, <laughs> we're fans. We're huge fans. So it was awesome. It was great to get to talk to you. Also, guys, don't forget to head over to our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of different tiers there, and we just started doing this video series just a couple guests ago. I think it started with Shelby. Um, so every one of these interviews, we have the video version of this, and they're definitely unedited. You know, it's it's pretty raw. We kept it... You know, pretty simple. It's basically just the audio from the hangouts and stuff. It's not overdone. It's not super edited or anything crazy. It's just raw. It's the conversation. It's you know, you're you're a part of the conversation. You get to go and you get to watch that. We're setting those at the five dollar tier. So any little bit helps. That doesn't mean that you have to be a five dollar donator to help us out. You know, every little bit helps. But there's other tiers there. There's you know pins. Um, Chris and I are giving you know photo advice. We're going to be doing live streams with former guests, kind of just, you know, organically hanging out with you guys where you can ask us questions and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So, you know, every little bit of your support helps and we appreciate every single one of you Patreons already. So we'll be also doing Patreon shout outs. I think that's the $25 tier. So head over there, check it out, see if it's something that you'd be interested in doing. You know, the more Patreons we get, the more freedom we have to bring more shows and different ideas of this show to you guys so again thank you joe for coming over and being a guest on the show it was awesome it was a lot of fun getting to talk to you and thanks to all the listeners thanks to all the patreons and we will see you guys next week all right take care guys we'll see you soon later